Hello, I'm joined today by Bobby Janigan, Managing Director at Rolls-Royce Partners Finance. Bobby has led the team there since 2009, but he's a veteran of the aviation business, having worked in the industry since 1998. Welcome, Bobby, and thank you for joining us today. Uh, thank you, Victoria. Thank you for inviting me. So, engine letters, like all aircraft letters, are suffering from the impact of the pandemic lockdown and the severe reduction in flying. I think every lessor has said they have rent deferrals, reserve defaults and general valuation issues. Um, so we're now seven months into the pandemic. What would you say is the biggest portfolio management issue you face in the near term, say in the next three to six months, do you think? Uh, I think sort of uh, we need to sort of uh, support our customers. Um, we can't support all of them. Um, customers have cash flow issues and we will have as will have cash flow issues at some point if you're not careful so how do you support customers that is good for them good for us um so part of the restructures some of the with some of the customers we are looking into their cash flows what what are they doing in terms of their recovery plan um and and what's the cash flow situation next year and year after? Uh, what's their balance sheet commitment now and flexibility they have? Uh, what's their shareholders doing uh, in terms of cash infusion? So we are looking at all of that uh, and trying to come up with a, a collaborative solution um, that's good for them, good for us. Uh, our auditors can live with, our sort of lenders can live with, uh, along with our shareholders. The, that is the trickier part. Uh, yes, the easy part is done in terms of initial uh, uh, cash deferrals. Now that's the second wave now. Uh, we got to manage that. Um, but in terms of asset value impairments, um, some are a structural decline. Uh, those values are unlikely to come up, but majority of the engine values should come back again. We saw that after 9-11, the valuation dropped and came back. And similarly, after the 2008 financial crisis, the values dropped and came back. So uncomfortable with sort of a asset valuation. We are not sort of selling anything. So we are a long-term investor. We can ride through the cycles. So we'll come out in the next three years, three, four years down, we will come back to where we were back in 2019. Um, so, so I'm not overly worried about impairment value, uh, impairments. Uh, I'm more worried about which customers are going to survive and prosper long term uh, and who is going to uh, not going to recover uh, from this uh, downturn. Um, so how to pick up the customers we need to support um, and create a win-win uh, environment for both customers and us. That's a difficult part. Indeed, it's identifying those survivors, as you say, and supporting your, your long-term clients as well. So, I mean, yeah. you mentioned three years there. I mean, have you looked more over a longer term, so five or ten years in terms of your planning? I mean, we we look at sort of a long term sort of uh, engine values. Uh, most of the engines that 
in my portfolio are fine longer term um, and I'm not worried about the, the near term value reduction um, but longer term things should come back to normal so if you look at after 9-11 people were fearful to travel and the government and the airlines put security measures in place um, which gave confidence for people to travel again and then people were traveling um, quite a bit there was significant growth from say post 9-11 downturn 2002-2003 to say 2019 the growth was uh, immense um, and uh, and same thing will come back uh, people like to travel uh, people like to travel to visit their friends and family people like to go and see places businesses need to sort of go and visit people and create new customers and opportunities so the travel will come back um, and the human contact is very different to doing things online or in zoom or whatever so i'm very hopeful things will get back to normal i think so the only thing sort of i'm concerned about is uh, either sort of the airline businesses or other businesses balance sheet are, are stretched um household have a similar issue so it's going to take some time those balances to get repaired and and people invest and like to go and travel uh, so that's the sort of the slow economic growth is what's going to slow down the aviation recovery um, but in terms of human human psychology uh, we'll come back to sort of a 2019 level pretty soon once the uh, vaccines are out uh, and people will then uh, travel again. So we saw after the initial lockdown, uh, when it was lifted, sort of a lot of people came back to sort of restaurants and bars and pubs uh, uh, because humans like to sort of uh, socialize uh, and, and um, the travel is on similar basis people will come back to sort of a travel so recovery is going to be sooner uh, once there's some form of vaccine uh, but in terms of structural long-term recovery it's going to take uh, a bit more time probably four years or something like that okay um maybe we could talk a little bit more about specific engine types um, I don't know if you can recall in, in our Dublin conference in January, which seems an eon ago, but you were discussing what was called a silver lining from the entry into service problems for the GTF and the LEAP engine because demand and valuations for the 5B, the 7B, and the V2500 were at all time highs. I just wondered how do you see those engines now and over the next three years? I think those engine types are great assets. Um, and the fleet is quite large. A uh, lot of uh, in, uh, recovery is going to be domestic-led recovery. So that means sort of a, a A320 family aircraft and some 37 is going to be deployed uh, at much greater rate. And if you look at China, China has nearly sort of recovered to 2019 level. And over there, um, the narrow body is fully utilized. And even sort of wide body uh, A330s are uh, used in the domestic market. So it's giving a great opportunity for people who own those assets. 
lot of airlines are trying to defer shop visit to preserve uh, cash, uh, and people who have engines can do uh, many things um, that would sort of help our customers at the same time uh, find a solution for the uh, of these assets. So we are talking to many airline customers as well as uh, aircraft lessors on uh, engine exchanges, uh, green time placement, um, and sort of straight leasing uh, options uh, on the V2500. So that market is a very strong market and the recovery is sort of gathering momentum uh, um, and then the next couple of years uh, is a pretty good uh, place to be. Um, but longer term, it has a structural advantage because size of the fleet, uh, at depth of the customer base, um, what they are looking for, the vintages of their aircraft means the uh, airline uh, aircraft owners are unlikely to uh, uh, refurbish engines if the aircraft are quite old. So they'll be looking for green time leasing uh, or straight leasing, which all give opportunities for people who own those engines. So uh, I'm not worried about those engine types at all. Okay, I think I know your answer to the next question, which I was going to look at whether or not we'll finally see a turnover in the fleet, which has been anticipated perhaps for several years. On the panel in um, during our Hong Kong virtual conference, Joe yeah. O'Brien said that based on ELF's detailed forecasting, he didn't think that there was engine, the engine deliveries were high enough to achieve that sort of turnover. And he said that the quality of the 5B, the 7B and the V2500 engines have a long run left. I just wanted to ask if you agreed with what he said on the panel, or you disagree? Yeah, I agree with that. It, it is uh, if you uh, if you're an airline, um, if you are having a, a, a 320 powered by V two 500 is perfectly working uh, well. Um, the lessors are are likely to do a creative solutions compared to a brand new aircraft. Um, and there are a lot of market solutions um, can bring you overall uh, cost of operation down. Uh, and the engines are very reliable. Um, so all of that give certainty to the, uh, to the airlines. Uh, and as a result, uh, these engine types are going to be uh, going to be a mainstream um, engine types uh, in the market. Yes, there'll be more uh, new generation leap and sort of a GTA aircraft, and the, the Maxes are going to come along soon. Um, but uh, the existing prior generation fleet is quite a large fleet, um, and it's quite a reliable fleet as well. So, uh, and and this time. Um, when airlines trying to preserve cash and they don't want to take any risk, um, certainty, certainty is very important and, and those engine types give that certainty. Indeed. Um, so there's been a, a lot of talk about, you know, wide bodies being retired, parted out and, and parts mainly. W would you say that the twin aisle wide body is, is dead or just badly wounded? I think it's, it's, it's badly wounded um, and and it, it, it will come back. Um, I'm sort of looking at kind of like a 
where uh, Trentex WB is a sole source on those aircraft type. Um, the engine flying hours are pretty healthy uh, and is performing very well. And including sort of A330s, the COs, those aircraft are, is an incredible aircraft, quite a versatile aircraft, what you can get for $250,000 a month, or you may even get cheaper than that. Um, so if an airline is uh, trying to sort of experiment with new routes or trying to bring back some of the city pairs, 330 is a fantastic aircraft to sort of deploy because the cost of operation and the reliability of the aircraft, particularly in the current fuel price environment, is a fantastic aircraft. Um, so there's, the utilization is picked up quite a bit in, in the 330 in China, for instance, and parts of Asia. Uh, 350s are pretty strong. So if I look at the sort of a wider sort of a uh, wide body market, it is wounded, um, but it's still a lot of aircraft flying. The 330, 380s are kind of apart. The 777, 8x, 9x kind of uh, is coming slowly. Um, it's going to give a bit more breathing space to 777-300ER. Uh, so overall, um, uh, if you look for value for money, the existing generation aircraft is going to give uh, quite a bit of value to our airline customers. So, um, and it will come back. Um, obviously, certain types, like some A380 or 767s, um, some of the 777 classics may get retired, but the bulk of the fleet will stay put. Okay, and then maybe just talking a bit more about Rolls-Royce Partners Finance, I think in your last earnings it showed you that you had been doing well. As an owner lessor, can you describe how the pandemic has hit Powered by the Iron Total Care Revenues? So the, the total care uh, is based on engine flying hours um, and the maintenance is, is function of how many hours engine fly. So typically engine is get overhauled every sort of kind of a five years or so. So if, if the uh, uh, engines are not flying, uh, then uh, there is no total care revenue, um, whether it is Rolls-Royce, GE, or Packing Vendy, um, all the engine OEMs are offering some form of uh, power by the hour basis, so they're all affected. Uh, the beauty of the engine leasing business is the payment is on, on a calendar month basis, regardless whether the aircraft or uh, engines are flown. So that is a big difference between my parent and, and Rolls-Royce and Partners Finance. So, uh, so our customers uh, pay monthly rent, whether they are flown or not. And some customers have a deferral arrangement, but vast majority of them are paying. Um, so fortunately, we are in a good state. Um, and but recognizing some customers are in a difficult state. We've got to help them, and some of them may may go into bankruptcy. We've got to repossess the engines, and we've got to remarket them. 
and and I've been in this business, and many of my colleagues in Rolls Royce and Partners Finance have been in this business long enough to have a prior experience uh, in 2008 downturn, where we had to sort of repurpose engines and find new homes. So we are going to do the same this time. Um, so uh, so fortunately. Uh, the engine leasing business is much more flexible and adaptable in comparison to aircraft leasing business. So we should be able to do better in these difficult times, uh, but we can hide the difficulty. is unlike last time. This time the problem is on a global basis. Um, finding solutions on a global basis is hard. Uh, but we, we need to work hard and find, be creative and find solutions so that uh, both our customers and us uh, can come out uh, successfully uh, out of these uh, difficult times. Do you think that this sort of business model is, is the good way forward for all engine lessors? Uh, on, on, uh, so most, almost vast majority of the engine leases uh, from operating leases are fixed calendar month rent um, so that that is going to stay uh, i think sort of uh, more and more airlines are going to sort of who who traditionally like to own spare engines i think likely to lease those engines going forward um, so in terms of leasing market share is going to increase from kind of a 40, 50% level to a higher percentage. Um, but that trend has been going on for some time. Uh, I think COVID is going to accelerate that trend, uh, mainly because almost all the airlines globally, um, their balance sheet uh, has been severely stretched uh, and they need to sort of deleverage their balance sheet. Uh, so they are likely to sort of find third-party capital, um, i.e. operating lessors capital to fund their engine requirements. So, um, and I see this trend um, uh, is, in a way, is good for the engine lessors, uh, but that is a medium-term um, uh, positive upside. But the near term, we need to go through this uh, survival mode um, and help our customers and uh, help ourselves to come out of this downturn. Okay, and then I just finally wanted to ask you about the XWB order book and how that's been affected. I mean, I can't talk greatly about uh, the order book because I represent Rolls-Royce and Partners Finance. I'm, I'll just read uh, what's in the uh, open press, um, both uh, Airbus and sort of uh, Boeing, they have reduced their production levels um, to much less for the next few years compared to 2019. Uh, and, but I think there will be a recovery. A350 is a fantastic aircraft, uh, very good uh, performance since uh, entry into service. Um, and um, I look at sort of flight radar data as well as data from from uh, my uh, from civil aerospace division within Rolls Royce, 
uh, that is telling a very good story in terms of how people are using the 350 Acra um, and the level of utilization compared to 2019 is incredibly good given the circumstances are quite hard. Um, so that aircraft will pick up in terms of uh, production levels, uh, but until for the next uh, until sort of 2024, uh, I think the production is going to be in the low numbers. Okay, thanks, Bobby. So I just wanted just to end there. Just do you have any final comments as we look ahead? Or well, at least in the UK, we are entering a new lockdown here. I mean, what's your thoughts for the immediate future? I, I think sort of this kind of a lockdown is prolonged. It's going to affect the wider business. Uh, airlines particularly. Um, I think aviation and economy is based on confidence um, and people need to feel good about it to sort of travel somewhere. Uh, and is, is, uh, if you look at likes of China, East Asian countries where they manage the sort of the, the lockdown uh, at a very minimal level. And the track and tracing, all of that is well managed. So, hence, likes of China, Korea, Japan, uh, Taiwan, uh, Singapore, uh, the, the economy picked up, people are traveling. Um, so, that positive sense and positive momentum need to come globally um, for, for, for economy to pick up and on the back of the economy, so the airline. Uh, to sort of apply and uh, become a bit more profitable and at least cash flow on a neutral basis. Um, at the moment, uh, it, it's, it's not conducive um, for people to travel uh, and, and uh, governments worldwide need to take um, corrective me measures. The same way post 9-11 governments put security measures pretty quickly um, this time, governments need to bring sort of a track and trace and testing system pretty quickly online, so we're able to do checks at the airport in a short interval at a reasonable price. At the moment, the pricing is between sixty and eighty dollars, or even hundred and fifty dollars. Very high price point. Um, that price point need to come down. Um, so that's my that's my wish. Okay. Well, thank you very much for joining me today, Bobby, and I hope next time we can actually meet in person at one of our events. Sure. Thank you, Victoria. <laughs> Take care. Thanks. Bye.